You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The unofficial 40 will return this week. We'll have one still. But we've got a bonus podcast, I guess we can call it for you. Uh, and that is uh, our conversation with Toby Rowland, who was kind enough to sit down with us for uh, almost an hour and a half and just talk things, uh, all things sooner and all things being the play-by-play man at the University of Oklahoma. So here is uh, our conversation, my conversation with Toby Rowland. Okay, so we've got a special Sooner Scoop podcast today because uh, apparently this is like an annual ritual now. We're joined by the voice of the Sooner. He, he he tried to do what he did last time. I'm waiting for the introduction. Which is start talking before he's introduced. <laughs> Learned uh, my lesson. So he, you successfully did it, I would say. Yeah. I, just just the we fact used, I pointed it out. Yeah. So, you know. But Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners, is back with us. Thanks for having me in back. In the studio. I'm not sure why Your I'm back. Your voice sounds glorious. You. I can understand why you're the voice of the Sooners. Oh, it's just the fancy equipment you've got in, yeah. your, in your studio. Mm-hmm. It's not very nice equipment. Uh, it really is nice equipment. I, I kind of like been, we've been talking about doing this for about like a month maybe. Like, hey, should we catch back up and do a podcast again? And so it's kind of put me in a position where I didn't ever want to say anything to you, like text you or... Not that we text you didn't all the time. Feel like you were bothering me? No, I didn't. I, I wanted to save all my questions. Oh, for I get today. you. I get you. Not that I've planned any of this out at all. Really, I probably don't even know what I'm going to talk. You're about winging it today. Life. I'm winging it today. Okay. I always kind of wing it. On I the like podcast. that. I don't like it when you have a list of questions. Check, 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 yeah. check, check. Let's have a conversation. I don't want to be. I don't want to be talk show host guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just. I I believe in having conversations on the radio. I think you taught me that as much as anybody. Good. I because mean, we would just kind of to... show up and just talk for an hour. It's a, um, it is a common mistake, I think, in our industry, and I try to uh, talk to youngsters about this, is when you're doing an interview, just to come in with a list of questions and go down the list. What's my next question? Yeah. You know? Because you miss out on so many opportunities and opportunities to engage in a conversation about something somebody just said. Now, do you get now, being the voice of the Sooners, do you get, I know there's people out there like Harry. Uh, but Harry you, James Taylor? Yeah, Harry James Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, who tweets me every morning <laughs> still. Congratulations. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure he's just listen, listening to you. Uh, but you get a lot of people that just come up to you wanting advice about how to become the next no, no. play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners? No, but no. I'm teaching a class this year. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I'm teaching a class at OU on play-by-play. And um, or co-teaching it. But uh, no, no, no. That has happened a lot. But there are uh, occasions where young men and women who are wanting to go into the profession will email or reach out mm-hmm. or, or whatever and want to... Usually it's they want me to listen to their... The demo reel. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this and give me some advice. That's usually what it is. So that's always flattering. Yeah. I mean, but you, I mean, you literally, I mean, like you and Matt Pinto and, um, why am I forgetting Dave Hunziker's Dave Hunziker? name? Yeah. Um, 
you guys are the faces of play-by-play in the state. I mean, um, that's, that's there's some honor in that. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's a there was a lot a lot of honor in that. I would add uh, Bruce over at Tulsa, who's been doing it uh, longer than any of us in this state. But uh, yeah, no, that's nobody cool. cares about Tulsa. Though. That's cool. Now, come on, now that's that's let Eddie fight that fight. <laughs> Well, when they unblock Eddie, I'll start being nice. By to the him. way, can I just say at the beginning, uh-huh. since I was on last, like when you invited me on, a, was it a year ago now? Yes. Uh, I had no idea you were doing a podcast. Right. Now I am a faithful listener. Really? Yeah. I listen to every. I've listened to every podcast since I was on. You could probably, if you wanted to, take some credit for launching this podcast. As far as I'm concerned, I, it hasn't been launched yet because I still haven't heard any advertising on here. So I don't think you're <laughs> making any money yet, but I. I do think you're, you've you've gained a lot of listeners, right? Why don't you slip me a number to Lander's uh, Chevrolet or Lander's? <laughs> Are you Chrysler talking about Deep the all Dodge? new Lander Chevrolet of Norman? <laughs> Lander's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram? Yeah, yeah, um, that, those people. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, but I've become a faithful listener. I look forward to uh, the new one dropping uh, every time. When you go a couple of weeks and don't release one, I angry? start to have withdrawals. Hmm. So I love the uh, repertoire. Uh, uh, repartee between well, you, you and Josh and Eddie. You have had a role in fostering Eddie's uh, radio career. I believe he's I'm probably trying to set compliment up some you. remotes. You're turning the subject. I'm trying to compliment you. Okay. I like the show. I like the podcast. Mm-hmm. I like the banter. Don't let... I, I, I heard you say something in the most recent one about people want you to quit messing Jacking around so around, much. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to that. That's, part, that's what makes it It's very... Fun. It's very... Like I had this conversation with people the other day, and people love on our message boards to critique radio shows. Get out of here! Uh, no, it's true. I know this is a, a a crazy concept, but this is true. And I always tell people, you're on the internet all the time. Like you, you're not. You know everything there is to know about OU football that people could possibly know, unless you're a coach or a player. Mm-hmm. Like you're in, you know inside the program literally inside the program like you know who the backup third string yeah right guard Mm -hmm. is so you're not listening to radio the way the general fan is listening to radio like they're they're judge they are judging your show whether it's good or bad based on how much you talk about OU that's like for a lot of people that are hardcore OU fans that's all they care about I I understand that but I like the way you do it I learn a lot by listening to uh, your podcast. I'm not. That's not I, true. I wouldn't know. That's that's the reason I listen to it. I enjoy the banter, but I am not in the world of recruiting. I, mm-hmm. I don't follow it closely, so I, I listen, don't really either. <laughs> I listen to your podcast for you to let me know what's going on in recruiting. Yeah, well, yeah, and I like listening to your opinions on OU and and other things, but. Um, but let me ask you especially this. Especially when Josh starts talking about, uh, you know, names. I, I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. and I get excited about them. And, I'll and be you can learn you, how to pronounce signing, people's names early. Like if Brian Os- yes. Osamoa signs, you know Osamoa. it's not Osamoa or whatever. I think I'm allowed to say names. But um, <laughs> the uh, uh, this signing day, uh-huh. I was the most educated I've ever been about the incoming OU class because of this podcast, Carrie, Carrie Martin. Really? Yes. So thank you for that. Well, now, you're welcome. I will say this. By the my way, expe- I have to stop my, you. I, I, my expectations for this freshman stop. class mm-hmm. are too high also because of this podcast. Because yeah. you got me so excited about them, you and yeah. Josh, that now I'm expecting 
great things out of C.D. Lamb one of them, yeah. and Charleston Rambo and all Grant these guys. Calcaterra. All of them. All I have too high of expectations because of you guys. But I, that's the thing about it. Like it's. By the way, I just have to an aside. You could talk about recruiting because the the guy that does sidelines for OSU that's part of his job. Um, I've been told not to. Yeah, but we all I, know OU's compliance department is one of the more overreaching departments in the history of college. Well, I'm not going to let them overreach me. Colleges. I, I just don't think I'm supposed to say names of people who aren't signed. So I, I can talk a, about obscure podcast. The world of recruiting. I can tell you it's not an obscure podcast. It's the number one rated podcast in um, Norman. In this, you know, on this street. I think Plank is coming for us. Hey, now that he's got a good podcast. He does. Too. Yeah. That's he has a, good a fantastic one. podcast. I'm supposed to promote that one. Well, go ahead. Tell I, mean, people. I feel like I co-host that one, so I should probably. Yeah. Well, tell people about that podcast. So what do, you guys Sooner are doing. Sports. Sooner Sports does a podcast. We put out two a maybe. A maybe someday week. they'll let Lincoln Riley come on my podcast if I let you promote yours. Sooner Sports puts out a podcast. We started this last year um, rather than doing daily reports. We used to do these daily like five-minute reports that all mm-hmm. the, our radio affiliates would play. And uh, so we we changed uh, and started doing uh, bi-weekly podcasts, sometimes three times a week, and um, send it out to all of our affiliates and anybody who wants to listen to it. Obviously, you can and get sometimes it on iTunes. you'll interview Joe C. And sometimes you'll have assistants or you know lots. Of, I think everybody in the athletic department has been on it at some point or another. But it's good inside stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chris does a great job. I mean, he's he's uh, no, he's he's, he's, been, he's Mr. Radio. He is the first person, and I I jokingly tell him. That it's his fault that he's the first person to ever put me on radio. Chris, Chris Plank. Plank, really? Yeah. I didn't know this. Back in my Tulsa days. So yeah. it's not true? You said you jokingly tell him that. He he takes great pride in it, he says. Okay. I don't know why he would do that. Yeah. But he unleashed me in my radio career. It, I mean, I'm Love sure Chris I was Plank. awful back I in 1999. I don't know if there is a more versatile person in this industry that I've met than Chris Plank. Yeah. He knows how to do everything. And he's a great host and a sideline guy and all the he's nerdy. behind the scenes so, stuff. I mean, he, he knows how like, all the, everything about equipment. That's a positive. He's he's a nerd. He likes equipment. He I enjoys think pretty cool. broadcasting. Yeah. He knows how to do everything. <laughs> See, this is where you're being old man Toby. Like being a nerd has a totally different meaning nowadays. He knows how to do everything. Yeah. People are proud to be nerds now. Is that true? Yes. What did, let me get your take on the eclipse. I'm sure you had some fascinating take. Okay, so I've been looking forward to the eclipse for months, ever since I read that it was going to happen. I really heavily debated, and I talked about this on my radio show, of going up into Kansas to watch the eclipse. Because it was more of an eclipse up there. Path of totality. Okay. I heard your radio show, the first 30 minutes of it this morning, on my drive to my radio show. Okay. Path of death, as Curtis called it. <laughs> Am I right? It is, of, I did watch a like a 360 degree video on Facebook this morning of people that were in the path of totality, and it, it literally the lights turn out. Looked awesome. Yeah, we weren't in the path of totality. No. We were in the 85 percent range, 84 percent range. So anyway, I've been looking forward to this for months. I'm talking about it on the show, they've been making fun of me because I've been talking about it so much. They they convinced me that it would be <laughs> stupid to go up to Kansas. So I stayed home yesterday. God's honest truth. I got a lawn chair. I sat in my front yard with my wife and my son, and I uh, played Total Eclipse of the Heart on my uh, phone. 
I saw a stupid uh, a stupid story this morning saying that iTunes had a 500 percent increase in downloads. Of How could Total you not Eclipse have that Heart. song yesterday? But when you had one the day before, I mean, so you had 500 people download it. Well, that's a great song, by the way. So I'm not going to let you dog on Bonnie Tyler. I'm not dogging on Bonnie Tyler. I danced many, um, you know, illegal Catholic dances to, to Total, Total Eclipse, Eclipse of the, of the Heart. Heart when I was in junior high. Uh, thoroughly underwhelmed by the Eclipse. How did you watch it? Did you get special I didn't glasses? Get glasses. I, I didn't get glasses. I went the two days before and tried to find glasses and couldn't find them anywhere. So I didn't get glasses. I thought, I'm just going to let the darkness sweep over me and just see what my spirit feels during the eclipse. <laughs> and it got a little shady. Uh-huh. And then 105 hit, and I thought, all right, here we go. And nothing happened. Yeah. And then it gradually started getting light again, and I was disappointed. Now, so I, was, I thought have... it would get darker than it did yeah. here. Yeah. Turns out 15% of the sun still lights up the world pretty good. Yeah. That sun's pretty good up there. That thing ain't burning out anytime it's soon. No, it's pretty good. So I'm determined. I, it's a fascinating thing that happened. I, I geek out on the science behind it, the fact that they can predict, predict it, all that kind of stuff. And I vow to, in 2024, be in the path of totality because what Which all those people experience... It's a little bit, right? It gets like southeast corner, like Broken Bow area. You can go stay in Bob from Cement's cabin and do it. Well, I asked him. He says he's hiking the rates. He says he 5000 a he night. He won't give you a special rate. 5000 a night's what he told me. Um, so I'm fascinated by it, but I was underwhelmed by what happened here in Oklahoma. It was, yeah, it was disappointing. I actually, I have, you know what like a neutral density filter is? You, you were in TV. I don't know what that means. That's like, uh, it's basically like sunglasses for your lens on your camera. Okay. So I, for a, a, a point-and-shoot camera, an SLR, DSLR, you have these neutral density filters that screw on to the end of your camera. I stacked four of them together, and I could see it, and I could take pictures of it. Did they turn out good? Yeah, I think I, I could probably pull some up. I mean, there's nothing special. That's pretty cool. That's a good thinking on your part. But, it, but being able to see exactly how much of it was covered was cool, but... The fact that one oh, I was just like you. I was like, okay, one oh five. I'm gonna go get this great pick, and I thought it'd be one of those perfect circles with mm -hmm. like light coming out from it. None of that. Mm -hmm. Just massively disappointing. Yeah, I'm not mad at the sun or the moon about it. I'm mad <laughs> at my own the... expectations, and I vowed to be in the path of totality next time because I want to experience. I'm not gonna die and not experience a full eclipse because I think it'd be pretty cool. Did you see that the official Twitter account for the moon? blocked the official Twitter account for the Sun yesterday. That's gold. I didn't know that. That was fantastic. Well done by somebody. Yes. yes. Uh, okay, so I, you know, I think the one thing that we should, where we should start is probably what happened June 7th, mm -hmm. I believe. That's right. Uh, Bob Stoop stepping down. All of, you, all of the hard work that you and I put into uh, just being able to allow Bob Stoops to be tolerable of us when we're around him, all gone. <laughs> That's not true. The total but eclipse we put of in the a lot Sooner of, Athletic Department, June 7th. We, we put in a lot of work oh, to just get true. Bob Stoops to a place where he didn't he didn't want to kill us. And all that's just gone out the window now. Yeah. Um, did you, did you, that was my, kind of my first thought. Was that one of your, your first thoughts? Um, 
My first thought was, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I was at the golf course. Uh, it was summer. Summer had just started for me because uh, the baseball team lost. So, and I've been looking forward to playing golf and hadn't had any chance. And so I'm with at the golf course with my son. And uh, we're on the 15th hole at the trails. And I got a, a text that said, call me right away from someone at OU. And uh, so I called him back. Can I ask you what time that was? <laughs> uh, Before or after 11 a.m.? Uh, you're in the neighborhood. You're in the neighborhood. The only reason I'm saying is because... I know what you're saying. I've heard the whole story. By yeah. the way, mad props to you for the way you See, handled that. See, I, I don't want props. I'm giving them to it's, you. It's, journalistically, it. it's uncool. I, no, I don't care. I don't think that's true, and we need to change that for journalism, as far as I'm concerned, because nobody gives a rip who reports it first. Yeah. No one gives a rip, and I know it matters in the journalism world, but it's time the journalism world woke up to reality that all people care about is that you get it right. And if you add in kind of doing something ethical, which you did something ethical that day, and I know you don't want to admit that, but everyone who knew and waited for the right thing to be done, I think did something. That's not to say people who didn't were unethical, but I appreciate it out of you. I'm going to be honest, you surprised me a little bit on that day. Because... I would have guessed if you asked me if you knew would you report it. I would have guessed you would have reported it, but you didn't. What do you think the percentage among all media in the market? How many? How big of an idiot was I? Like, what's the percentage of people that wouldn't have reported it? And just guessing. Well, there was several that knew that didn't. Not, I mean, yeah, there was. I bet there was a good dozen people that knew that didn't. Uh, there's a whole lot of people at the television stations and at newspapers that would have, like they did, oh, yeah. would have ran yeah. with it right away. Yeah. Uh, I don't you know. You get what the into a TV is. station. You got no to, doubt, yeah. your boss is going to hammer you if you don't. Yeah. But anyway, I was at the golf course. I get a call and they said, How soon can you be uh, in a coat and tie at the TV studio? I was like, I'm in shorts and a hat and I'm at the trails and I live an hour away from here. So. It ain't happening. Wow. It ain't happening. Get you were some, down in Norman at the golf mm -hmm. course. Get somebody else to do it. And they were like, "It's we need you here. And I was like, what, what the heck's going on? I was like, what? Do you not like have a like, dressing room where you have us like a spare suit and tie? Well, I needed a shower and everything. No, I don't. I, I, I This has never happened before. So maybe I should. I could have showered at the trails, I guess, and put on. But I don't have a suit and tie down here. But anyway... My initial reaction was, let's let somebody else do it. You know, call Chad or Chris or there's lots of people who could, whatever's going on, you know, they couldn't tell me. That was the deal. I was like, what's going on? They're like, we can't tell you. And I was like, man, listen, I, I'm, it's summer. I, I, I really would prefer not to blow up my day, run home, shower, put on a coat and tie and come back. Can you, you know, if I'm going to do that, can you at least give me a hint as to why I'm doing that? <laughs> and, and they told me what was going on. Yeah. And I... Said I'll go put on a coat and tie and shower. I was absolutely so you stunned. ran all the way home. Oh yeah, I went home, showered, came back. Well, they moved the press conference back, as you well know. Mm -hmm. It was originally going to be like two thirty or something like that, and so it allowed they had me, to get the team meeting moved up so they could tell them first. It ended up allowing plenty of time to to get home and get back. But um, stunned, shocked. Um, I did. I don't know. What my first thought was there goes all that hard work because we knew right away it was going to be Lincoln, and I'm. Um, I'm going to miss working with Bob, 
but I'm very much looking forward to Lincoln. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that my first reaction was, darn, I had built a good <laughs> rapport with that guy, and that's all out the window. Because I, I, I don't have any doubt that that it's going to be easy getting along. With oh him. yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, so, kind of just backstory. And I've told this story before, but you know, when Bob called me, it was it was about an hour and a half after I texted him saying, "Hey, I'm here, and you're going to retire." Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm hearing it a lot. So if this is all BS, just tell me and I'll let everyone know it's BS and get the word out there and and uh, some other things. And I told them I I didn't you know this was not something I'm looking to break that you know that this is something he should be allowed to announce you know. And then when he called me back, he told me that you know it was his goal for Lincoln Riley to you know succeed him. It, but there was a little bit of like, okay, well, but, but that's got to go through the proper channels, you know, but that is what I want to happen. But, you know, and he went into explaining why he was doing it to me. Like, I, I don't know, he, I didn't ask him to. He just, I think he felt like, okay, I'm going to, you're going to, if you're not going to, you know, run with this, I'm going to tell you this is what it's about. And I know what it was. It was because I texted him, I said, people are saying it's because of your health. Yeah. And he was very sensitive about that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like one of those things, like, you know how it goes with Bob. Like, if something, not gets under his skin, but if he hears something that is not true, is completely false, like, he gets fired up. Like, Mm -hmm. he wants you to know this is what's going on. And, you know, that's that's what's happening. And and all that stuff that's out there is not. Like, he can't wait to debunk something right um so when he called he he was like look it's not about my health and he explained all the reasons and to be honest after we got off that phone call i was like yeah it's just time i mean it's just it's he just felt like it was time and there was and i even had people like that worked at ou that were like what's really going on and i was just like i still got that question to today yeah i mean what what's really going on I saw Joe Simpson at the Atlanta Braves game mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Or two weeks ago. Cool. And he said, so tell me, what's really going on? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, and, and I, it, I got it so many times. I was like, man, am I being naive? Like, I just, because I talked to Bob. And, and just when you talk to someone face-to-face like that or, you know, person-to-person, I really got the sense that, you know, this was not – because of you know heart disease this was not because of his kids it was just a, a whole bunch of things all together that made him you know realize that this was it was time and to be honest i think a lot of the new recruiting rules uh you know official visits for juniors and stuff like that it's like these coaches are and people always you know they come out with oh he's making six million dollars he should you know he should work 25 hours a day mm-hmm. he should find a way to put that extra hour in there but it's like at some point you have to have a life, and I think after 18 years, you see all this stuff. It just the social media stuff. You know, Bob never liked uh, the way recruiting had changed so much. I don't think he, you know, it, it was a lot of work for him, a yeah. lot more work than it used to be, and I just, I just really feel like, and I felt like at the time, like. Yeah, he just he's sick of doing this job. No matter how much no matter how much money you pay someone, if you're burnout, you're burnout. You're no good to anybody. 
How old are you? 45. If you had enough money to retire in 10 years, wouldn't you? Hell yes. Yeah, I'd retire say, right now. A, a lot of people love what they do. You think I want to keep doing a 5.30 a.m. radio show and run a, a website that yeah. is about as demanding a job yeah. as you can have? I think you like what you do. I but, do. I'm a workaholic. It, I can't do most, anything else. The vast majority of people, if they had the option to retire at age 56, is that what Bob was? Uh, yes. They would. You know, but, but don't you think it would be fascinating if OU would do a thirty for thirty on that twenty four hours? Like, yeah, it'd be really cool. Like, because they won the softball national championship the night before. It would almost be like that uh, the day that OJ kind you know, of with the yeah, Arnold Palmer played his I'm, last tournament. People didn't and, die, but yes, yeah. uh, but that twenty four hours is unbelievable because OU won the national championship. Bob Soup's retires. Lincoln Riley's the head coach. the The discussions in Joe's office that day, uh, Lincoln finding out, Lincoln calling his wife at the water park, them rushing home, the media all trying to figure out what's going on yeah. and who's going to break the story, and everybody racing down for the press conference. And I think that would be a fascinating movie or a documentary. <laughs> I have to put my fat ass on TV. I wouldn't want to do that. You'd be the star of the show, man. No. And right in the middle of it all, <laughs> Gary Murdoch. Then Dusty would get mad. Probably. Dusty knew. I know. Maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. No, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, when I found out, I had to, and this is... The hardest part was playing dumb that day. Yeah, I mean, I had to go in and tell my radio boss, like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and Dusty had, had sent me a text earlier that morning... And it simply said, what did it say? It was one of those, like, I knew what he was, he said, it was along the lines of, I'm going to tell you, I heard something crazy. And so I just texted him back and I said, Bob Stoops retiring? And he, like, called me immediately. And, uh, and like, he, I know he was on the, he was on the air and he, and he wanted to report it, but I wasn't going to report it. So he was like, can we report this? I was like, don't attach my name to it. Like we literally, and Mark Rogers was calling me and it was literally like, can we report this? I was like, no, not. I was like, if you guys want to report that he's leaving based on your sources, that's fine. But I am not putting it out there that Bob Stoops is retiring. And I hadn't told them anything about what I knew or that I talked to Bob, but it got back to them that I had told Baker, my boss, that, uh, and I, you know, he had to tell a couple of other people just for logistics, and then it just it it fell apart. Yeah. And it's just like I think the only I I feel bad about that part, but you know, it's your employer. You gotta you gotta tell them to be ready for the biggest news that's going to hit the state in ten years. Yeah. A wild day, wild day. I didn't like it. I mean, it was just it was just so weird being there at the press conference. It was just all surreal. It was a very surreal day. Like you're much more there like, surreal than the eclipse. <laughs> and you know, you're having a resignation press conference and a hiring press conference all at the same never time. Never seen anything like it. I've never I've never seen the passage of power in one setting that friendly and amicable. Amicable and yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. It doesn't happen like that. No. It doesn't happen like that. Usually, if you are of Bob Stoops' magnitude, you coach until 
you're too old to be good anymore. Nobody has the guts to tell you you're not good anymore. And then they want to go in a completely different direction. And, uh, or you're not any good and you get fired and that guy's not going to be anywhere around when you introduce the next head coach. And his staff is, you got to hire staff and nothing changed. Whole new people. Yeah. Nothing. They brought in Ruffin McNeil. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know anything has happened. And Bob Stoops quit this summer. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But I mean, even just the thing of Bob up there talking about leaving, you know, and walking away. In my head, I was like, I kept saying, I can't believe this is happening right in front of me, but it's happening right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like you said, it was a surreal feeling. And it, it's just, I don't know. It's like you almost, it's like you're having a funeral and a marriage together. That's a good way to put it. So that's how I kind of felt. Like, and I know Bob's not <laughs> dying or anything, but it's just like, that's all. And it's, 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 I'll say this. I think it's unnatural in this day and age for a coach to be around as long as Bob has been. Oh, of course, yeah. It's just well, I think he was the longest tenured in the country. And I'm not yeah, he and he and uh Iowa. what's his name in Iowa? Yeah. Kirk Ferentz. But like the way that everything works now, it's like and with OU fans, it's still happening because like you said, Bob just walked away, but and I don't know if every fan base is like this, but OU fans tend to hold grudges. Like everything that's ever happened bad they still remember it. It's like if somebody gets injured, let's say, I, I don't like with Rodney Anderson, you know, he breaks his neck. Are you about to rip on OU fans because you just admonished for no, uh, no, no, Eddie no. Radosevich I'm just saying this. this is the nature of the OU fan. Okay. Uh, like they hold everything that bad that's ever happened to my, like Texas Tech. Fans still can't get over Texas Tech from last year. Like okay. they still, if, if something goes, and before that, it was the Baylor game. Mm-hmm. You know where where Mike was chewing out Julian Wilson on the sideline, so it's like it's I've always I've always explained it. It's like a bad marriage. It's like if you forget to pick up the milk, all of a sudden you get hit with a haymaker of well you slept with another woman. It's like it's just but the, that's not unique to OU. No, I don't think it is. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when you stick around for 18 years. There's a lot of people, a lot of things that people remember and bring back up when you forget to bring home the milk. Right. And they just throw it back in your face. Right. Yeah. So. It's hard to stick around for 18 years. Yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, he burned out at Florida, had to take some time off to come back. But I, he's not a guy that's built to be at a place for 15 years. No chance. Nor is Harbaugh. Yeah. No, Harbaugh might not be built to stay at a place for five years. I think you could be right about that. Yeah. You okay? I definitely have been talking too much today. <laughs> My voice is not going to make it. Um, okay, so Lincoln Riley said, and I'll say this, from the moment, the first time I interviewed Lincoln Riley, or saw him in an interview environment, my first thoughts were, yeah, that's a climber. That guy's going somewhere. Like, he really has it together Mm -hmm. and you've gotten to know him you know as the offensive coordinator you've probably done some i don't know did he ever fill in for bob on a radio show or um no no i I, I, honestly you guys have that what coach's corner we have the assistant coaches show that chris plank hosts that's what i thought okay so i've never 
done that. I've never had him in that setting, and he didn't fill in for Bob. I honestly, I've interviewed Lincoln a few times. We did uh, the caravan stop the other night. We've had you know two or three occasions since he's been hired to be in a uh, kind of a interview setting in front of people. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm kind of eager to know. I would say there's a good chance you've talked to him more than I have at this point because you're at post-practice media gatherings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he, I'll say this, like he is the guy, as long as you want to answer, ask questions, he'll, he'll stand there and answer them. Yeah, right now. Like now that he's the head coach, like you can see Mike Houck kind of presides over it and he's like, okay, it's been long enough, like two yeah. more questions. But when he was the offensive coordinator, he would – let you interview him for 40 minutes if there were 40 minutes worth of questions. Yeah. And I and I anticipate he'll be that way, although um, you never know what affects the stress of the job and you lose a game and the pressures and oh, people sure, start yeah. to criticize and all that kind of stuff come on. And you're young, sometimes that jades you a little bit. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to uh, watch. Uh, but we're about to be together a bunch. Yeah. And um, so it'll be interesting. I don't know how he's going to be in a – pre-game interview or post-game interview, I think he's going to be more talkative than Bob. In a, like, you know, we do a five-minute pre-game interview for the radio broadcast. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, that'll that's a good 10, 12 question sometimes for Bob. <laughs> sometimes. You know, he's in late-week yeah. oh, game yeah. mode. And, and you, Let me ask you, do you, you go up and do that in his office like yes. on a Thursday? Yes. Okay. Thursday or Friday with Bob, it was. It'll always be Friday with Lincoln, I've been Have told. you been in Lincoln's office? I have not way? yet, no. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I've heard, and I've seen pictures. Um, so I think he'll be more long-winded than Bob in that setting and, and stuff, but I don't know that yet. And and then I'm really eager to find out the you know the one-hour shows, how that's going to go. There's been a couple of questions he's been pretty guarded about in some of these public settings. Yeah. Uh, he does. I mean, that's... that's he doesn't differ from Bob in that he does like to. I, I didn't even joke. I just tried to ask him about Kyler Murray. Loved it. I, we day. played the clip. Oh, yeah, I hope that's okay. We played it nah, on our show. It was a great clip. I would play your clip. So, uh, yeah, but he, that's a good example of. That's the first time I've really seen him be, you know, take a take a question like that and make it funny, like yeah. make it light. Right. Whereas Bob would just give you a one word answer, no. Right. But I, I think with Lincoln, people always say this, like, oh, he reminds me so much of Bob. But I think, like, where you really notice the difference is, like, he, Bob is, is he is Youngstown, Ohio. Like, Mike's very similar. Uh, we've known Mark Mangino a little bit over the years. You know, it's that very kind of um, direct, you know, demeanor that they yeah. have. Um, when they're joking around, it could easily be confused for just being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Lincoln Riley is so Texas, like, so Oklahoma, Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, he's using, you know, anecdotes like, you know, dogs on the porch. And um, <laughs> he said something the other day, too. I was like, man, these. He's country. Like, yeah. He's from Muleshoe. I mean, yeah. You're I mean, from a place called Muleshoe. You got country. I'm, running I'm comfortable with that. I mean, you went to high school in Indiana, right? I did, yeah. Okay. I grew up in Mustang, but I went to high school in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you got a little bit of, but like, I grew up in Southwest Oklahoma. I mean, I, my summers were spent with guys that would bay hail, hail bay with bay hail, and then play baseball at night. You no, know, play double headers at night. Like, they were country. Bale. 
hay. Bale hay. Yeah. yeah. There's no baying of hail. Bale hay. One of those was right. Yeah. Bay hail. Is that what I, I said? said? Bay hail. Yeah. Bale hay. Okay. That would be amazing if you could bay hail. <laughs> I think where they are right now, the the difference in Bob Stoops right now and Lincoln Riley right now and what I've been able to witness is, you know, I I emceed an event the other day, and uh, if it was Bob, we'd meet like behind the curtain before we come out, and Bob would say, here's how long you got me, and uh, I don't mean this to be an abrasive way, he's just, he's done it a lot. Yeah. So he'd say, I got to be out of here by this time. And I'll say, is there anything you want me to ask you or not ask you? I always, I always said that to Bob. And he'd say, yeah, ask me this or don't ask me this or whatever. But it was very much his show. So Lincoln shows up for this event and he's like, uh, walk me through it. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to ask you this many questions. We're gonna he's like, how, I was like, how long can you stay coaching? He's like, you tell me. How long do you want me to be here? And like, So he's learning everything yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And at some point I'm like, wait a second. You're the head coach. I mean, you're the boss here. I yeah. like it. There's, there, it's a weird dynamic between how Bob would approach a situation and how Lincoln right now yeah. approaches everything for the first time. He's like, how am I supposed to do this kind of a situation? Well, I think Bob had to learn that too. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Did yeah. you ever, do you remember the Mike Ziegenhorn deal? I remember Mike, but I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so they had this show in Tulsa uh-huh. called You Make the Call. Right, yeah, yeah. And they came, this, was, this would have been, it might have been 2001. Might have been after they won the national championship, but uh, so they came K- KTUL, I think it is uh, ABC in, in in Tulsa. So they came all the way to Norman, brought their truck, set up a live uh, feed with Bob Stoops in his backyard. This was before he lived in the mansion he lives in now. It's his first big house, and so they do an interview with him, and I think it goes like fifteen minutes. And the name of the show was "You Make the Call." which they took calls. And so they, but they did the interview and Bob did his 15 minutes, which they probably didn't tell him how they definitely didn't tell him how long they were going to need him or how long they were going to interview him. So it's like this extended Sunday night, uh, sports show with a 15 minute interview with Bob. And so without telling Bob, Mike Ziegenhort announces, okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right back next and take your phone calls with head coach, Bob Stoops. And, I I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure Bob just turned white, like taking phone calls, fifteen more minutes, <laughs> and I guess the story is that Bob's like, you guys, good luck with your phone calls, I'm done, and then they had like an entire outdoor studio set up, lighting, all this stuff, and I guess they weren't gonna leave, so he just turned the lights off, like in his backyard, <laughs> just leaving them standing there. I hadn't heard that story. That must have been before we stopped taking calls on the radio show. If Mike Zickenhorn is around this year, you need to ask him about okay. that question. I will. Or about that uh, that deal. But, I mean, the, like, Bob, my point for telling that story is, like, Bob had to learn how to say no. Yeah. And Lincoln, I'm sure, will have to learn how to say no. Or, I've only got 15 minutes. But he's not there yet. He's, he's just starting. I'll be indebted to Bob for the rest of my career, however long it may last, because... And I don't mean this in a bad way. I really don't. But I feel like that I can probably handle anything now. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like no. that he was a he whatever was, head coach comes my way in any sport. Yeah, I can do it because yeah. I survived Bob. And <laughs> I, again, I don't mean that, that's not that's not a bad. I don't mean thing. that in a bad way. I, I, I he 
it was great for for honing your skills oh. as a, a questioner, as an interviewer, uh, making sure you ask gr- good questions. Because yeah. um, he was not having. I get. Your ner- I told you this last slappy time. questions. I, no, I, you, I, so I will be forever grateful to him for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about that all the time. It's I hope like, he's my partner someday. I think that would be fun. If he was just doing stuff for would, Sooner Sports? Color analyst uh, the, for the radio crew. Ooh, Wouldn't that be cool? That would be impressive. Yeah. I don't know if he has any desire. I broached the subject of the golf tournament with him this summer. Did you? And, and he, uh, he, uh, he said uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't say no. I think he's open, you know, I think we both agree. I here. mean, this would be years from now. I think it would be tough yeah. for him to do it with Lincoln. But, but we both agree, don't we, that he is going to have some type of a media career? I think that's a pretty good guess. I think it's going to be really hard for him to be away from the game. Yeah. It's too much a part of him. It's too much a part of him. It's and just, I think he really needs to get through this year. I yeah. Mean, to figure out. Some form or fashion, he'll be a part of football. Yeah. he. I think this is going to be probably one of the toughest things he's gone through in the last 18 years, is trying to figure out what to do with himself on game days. Mm-hmm. Where, it'll be, it'll where be to be, where to watch it from. He doesn't strike, he... he Admire Spurrier so much, but they couldn't be more, in my opinion, opposite uh, personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Like I think Steve can walk around barefoot and no shirt and be happy <laughs> golfing and fishing and all that kind of stuff. And while Bob loves to golf and he loves the beach, he's wound tighter than yeah, Steve is. Yeah. And I think when Saturdays roll around, he he's going to want to compete or be around the competition in some way. He's never wanted to admit it, but he is closer to bill snyder than he is to steve spurrier and just how Ooh. they operate Ooh. that that'll make him he's he's yeah, he wouldn't admit that no no, you no might be right and i've said i've i at one point long time ago i said something about bill snyder being his mentor and he stopped me mid-sentence he said no mm-hmm. steve spurrier is my mentor i think he strives to be more like steve yeah. but he may be naturally more like Bill, he's not sleeping in his office all. No, night. he's not a workaholic but, like he is. I mean, he, yeah, he's more. You, you're probably right about that. I would say that Spurrier has kept him from being more like Bill Snyder, probably with the whole family. See, stuff Spurrier's and, been good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, back to Lincoln. Now, have you? I, you're the play-by-play voice. I would imagine that you you probably taken a practice or two here or there. I will. I haven't. I usually okay. try to go either this week or maybe next to one or two practices. And um, the sole reason I go is to memorize numbers and body types. Um, I don't need to know game plan. Yeah. I prefer not to know any game plan. Yeah. I don't want, if anything leaks, I don't want to be blamed for it. There's no reason for me to know what the game plan is against UTEP or Ohio State or anybody. Or what but Kyler Murray is going to be doing. Kyler Murray is going to be doing. I don't need to know that. In, in, in many ways, it's better if I don't because sometimes the natural surprise that comes through in your voice when you see a trick play yeah, okay. fits better than if That's you knew cool. it was coming. I never thought of it that way. So I'm not going to find out information just so I can be smarter than someone else or act like I'm smarter than someone else. But it is beneficial, I've learned, that with the new guys or number changes – if I could see it before they actually take the field. And yeah. I could see that's what C.D. Lamb looks like in a uniform. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Charleston Rambo looks like in a uniform. Uh, I think we've had a couple of number changes this year. 
uh, you know, some guys are tall and what skinny. Some guys like? are. What does Jeff yeah. Bidette look like? Some guys are stout, and when they catch the ball, I want to um, as soon as possible be able to identify yeah. who it is. So it is beneficial to just go lay eyes on them and uh, make a few notes about that kind of stuff, so that you're not taken by surprise in the opener. But that's it. I don't. I don't need to be out there. I don't. I don't want to be. I know coaches get really. Uh, squirmy about media being at their practices and i have a radio show and yeah. nobody's uh lincoln hasn't expressed that to me but i just don't want there to be any lines that they feel like's being crossed so what is your your process when you're calling the game are you looking through binoculars the entire time do you have i you have spotters for that to, that shout out who catches it who carries it things like that um not so much for that we do I, I don't watch the game through binoculars we have the the highest press box that i've ever oh, been in so, oh, so in Norman. High, yeah so if you can see at Owen Field from the press con- press box, you're good anywhere. So I don't watch the game through binoculars, um, but my spotter does. Okay. Greg Blackwood is my spotter who sits to my left. Greg is an old buddy from Channel 9. He's the chief photographer. And uh, the day I got the job, he we were great friends at Channel 9. The day I got the job, he texted me and said, if you ever need a spotter, I'll be your spotter for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's awesome. And at the time, uh, uh, there was, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen with the crew, whether I got to say who stays and who got in. So when the opportunity presented itself, uh, I called him, and it's been a great relationship. And we, on game day, uh, are tied together at the hip. Uh, There's a spotter board that sits between us, Mm -hmm. and I'll have uh, the offense and defensive depth charts for both teams. And I'll call the play with my eyes as best I can. I'm following the ball. So Baker's got it. He throws out to the right, caught by Bidette. He takes it forward, blah, blah, blah. If I don't immediately recognize who catches it or who the ball is handed to, uh, let's say two guys have similar body types um, or they're turned sideways or whatever, uh, he may say something in my ear because he's in queue and and he can't be heard on the broadcast. So he may quickly say in my ear, Basquin. But that's pretty rare. Uh, he he's a lot of times going to pick up on who makes the tackle, and he'll point to it more often than talk. I, we try not to talk just because, you know, I don't want to distract from what I'm saying. He'll point on my spotter board with hand signals. This is the guy that made the tackle. This is the guy that had the lead block. This is the guy that had the pressure or the sack. These two guys team. All the other stuff besides following the football, he's watching for. And any substitutions that go in and out yeah. while uh, Merv is talking or Teddy or Chris are talking, he'll signal on the board, uh, Rodney Anderson in, Abdul Adams out. Sometimes I will have seen it. Sometimes I will be looking at Merv or looking down right on my drive chart and I've missed it. So that spotter is invaluable during the game. And he's, uh, he's watching on binoculars. I'm not use- I have binoculars, but I'm not using them while I call the game. You think Merv would give you a hint? as to when he decides he's had enough and wants to hang it up? Yeah. Yeah. Has he given you any hints? Uh, No. 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 We talk a lot during the season, not as much out, but during the season on the road, um, airplanes or restaurants. Um, So, yeah, I think if that day came that he would give me a heads up. Do you, sure. Are you curious at all about, you know, how long? I mean, he's your partner. Are you curious about, I mean, that's just natural to think, isn't it? Like, yeah. how much longer are we going to be together? How many more times are we going to do this? I am uh, curious because I'm afraid that he's going to 
want to do it without telling anybody and that we can't uh, properly appreciate him. Yeah. I would like, he's so humble and so nice that my guess is he's going to say at the end of a year, whenever it is, that that's it. And we're not going to get a chance to make a big to deal To have a year it. where you just like right. celebrate. He, deserve, he deserves yeah. that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's, I think about it because I get asked about it from time to time. Uh, who's going to be next? That's a popular mm-hmm. debate or conversation. Um, but it's his job for as long as he wants to do that. And, uh, I love the man. I dearly, dearly love Merv Johnson. And I think we've arranged it. I hope our hope is, and, and the feedback's been good, that with Teddy on the sidelines as kind of a, a second color analyst. Yeah. And he's added more and more as the years have gone along. He jumps in a lot. A lot and that's a role that no other broadcast crew in America has. And we ask him to uh jump in a lot because we want that kind of second color analyst from the field role that I think it has worked well that as Merv has, has aged and, and Teddy moves in that uh, it's a good one, two punch. You got a guy who knows everything about offense and a guy who knows everything about defense and they, Teddy will ask him questions or Chris will ask him questions or I will. And, um, but yeah, I, I love that man. Love him. Um, are you, so are you saying, I just want to, be clear. Are you saying that in your mind, Teddy is the natural successor? Nope. I didn't say that no. at all. Okay. No, I'm saying that on our broadcast, I, that's that when that day comes, that won't be my call. I mean, I, I may be asked for my opinion, but yeah. Joe Castiglione will make that decision. Uh, but I think on our current broadcast crew, the way we have set it up with Teddy being a sideline analyst, I think has helped, uh, helped fill in any gaps that we may have as we've gone on. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic, but I have no idea who's going to be next. Am I am I wrong to say? I do that, love Teddy Lehman. I do love Teddy Lehman. Yeah. I, I think he does a superb job, and uh, he is great at getting a uh, easy to understand point in in a quick amount of time. Yeah, that's really tough. Which you got to do. You got to get in and out and in, in like eight to ten seconds. And he can make complicated defensive schemes, uh, schemes or offensive schemes understandable quickly. He's a great job. Is there? I, I, I mean, I, I know it's all set up. You know, when you have radio, it's set up to where you're doing the broadcast. You have the sales supporting you, selling you know aspects of your broadcast. Is is there? Do you feel like there's been any innovation? And the way that games are called on the radio or broadcasted on the radio or that there needs to be innovation moving forward? Give me an example of what you're talking about. Well, and like I said, I I admit this. I don't listen to your broadcast during the game. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I need to start doing that. Um, You'd learn so much. I know. I really would. You think you're too smart? You can watch it with your own head? I don't have an FM radio. I think it's the, like ten I'm bucks. Too lazy to go buy an CBS FM radio. or Walgreens and get one for ten dollars. Uh, well, I do have one, but it's on a Walkman. I just, a big I just came in Walkman. here and poured my soul about how much I enjoy your podcast, <laughs> how educated I am because I listen to it. God, I'm just a you horrible human being. Jerk. I know. I I'm used to being called a jerk. Uh, I just mean in terms of. I mean, I know you you try and you, you guys have a Twitter handle now. The OU on the air. <laughs> We've whatever. had it for several years. Yeah. But yeah thank you. Well, I mean, 
I'm just saying, you're yeah. doing things that people haven't done before. I mean, is that enough? Is that, you know, having it where people can reach you during a game? Is there, uh, is there, I don't know, you've got a sideline sideline guy, you've got a uh, color guy, you're the play-by-play guy. Is there something else out there that I can think change? The, the innovation that has happened in the last three years, five years, maybe not that far, is the live streaming on phones and websites around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, not very long ago, if you weren't listening to one of our radio affiliates in Oklahoma or slightly beyond, you couldn't get the radio broadcast. Yeah. Um, and so the, that has changed massively since I've taken over, not because of me, because of technology. Yeah. And now, People all over that we hear from every state in the United States. We hear from, and, and the fun thing about the Twitter feed that we do is it allows people to contact us during games, football, basketball, baseball, and let us know where they're listening from. We listen from, we get, we hear from military people in Afghanistan. We hear from people in yeah. China, Japan, Russia, all over the planet who, because of technology, can now listen to our radio broadcast, which is so cool. So, you know, I think there. No, I, I don't know what the next innovation is. I think for on air, I think honestly, or does there need to be any innovation? I mean, is is broadcasting a game over the radio? Is it is it been perfected? Is it as good as it could be? Uh, I I don't know about that. I think probably there is a shift taking place, like it is with our radio shows from radio to streaming services and the fact that you can hear your radio show now in the morning streaming anywhere in the world and and mine as well and all that kind of stuff your parents has, listen to your show in the morning mm -hmm, but they live here but yeah they do yeah. um my dad does my parents do the same i think that's you know I, I don't know that i would say it's been perfected i i think that the constant effort for the radio guys in our business is what can we provide that would cause people to want to listen to us when the game is on television. Mm -hmm. And so that's our charge. Every game is we got to give more information, more detailed information, more stats, more information from the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, we've got to have the inside knowledge from Merv about offensive schemes and from Teddy on defensive schemes that whatever color analyst who has flown in here for the week to call the game on television, who um, looks good in a suit, can't possibly tell these people and i think that's why we have an audience i think that's why people bring their headphones to games yeah i think that's why people turn down their tvs and turn up their radios is because uh they know they're going to get more information and better information we hope from our radio broadcast and and honestly oklahoma has we have tried to be on the cutting edge of how we do a college radio broadcast and i think you know we've been pretty good at that by adding sideline analysts and and some of the things we've done interactively with fans that nobody else in the country was doing that now they're starting to become starting to copy thing, yeah. chris plank in the dugout during baseball games was something nobody ever heard of and Sonny and then pete allowed us to do that and, and on and on so it's been fun to try to come up with creative ways to give people a reason to turn down the tv and turn up the radio you That's think? Have you ever? Have you? Let me ask you this: Have you ever kind of fought to try and 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 this? Is, I'm sure this would never happen with Bob, but to be able to replay what's said at halftime in the locker room, you know, like a, a, a wire, if you will, like an NBA game. 
Uh, we have mentioned. Uh, hold on, folks. It is fifty. We're fifty-four seconds into this podcast, and there's been no NBA ribbing 54 whatsoever. Fifty-four minutes. Fifty-four minutes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going there today. <laughs> um, you know, we have done that with Lawn. Mm-hmm. We have. He has allowed us. To yeah, that's true, and it's been out on social. I know what you're talking about. Bring, uh, I don't know if we've done, ha- yeah, we've done halftime. We've done halftime. I remember uh, Stillwater. Halftime? No, 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 uh, basketball. Okay, there was a Bedlam game in Stillwater a couple of years ago when OU was losing at halftime, and he kind of got after him a little bit, and 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 allowed us to record it and play it back. That's when Scott Thompson was our color guy. So Scott was a coach and was in halftime and post game with him, and then we started. Uh, we started recording on our phones, whoever the color analyst was, Kevin Henry now, his post-game remarks to the team when they gather all up mm-hmm. and playing that back in the post-game show. Now, that's Lon Kruger, and you don't have to worry about what's going to be said. Right. So getting... But, I mean, if you're the official broadcaster, uh, I, I guess you could ne- you have to build up a certain amount of trust that you're not going to, you know, either you're going to bleep it out or you're not going to put something on there that... Uh, is derogatory towards a single player, you know, not calling a, a kid out or something. Uh, but, you know, if if a coach is in there screaming, defense, we have to do this better. And, and you know, if I am if I know I'm going to hear that stuff before the second half kicks off, right. I'm I think, tuning in, baby. Yeah, yeah I got you. And I would love to. Uh, I think it's pretty far-fetched because I think most, I think most football locker rooms – not just Oklahoma. I think most football locker rooms, the amount of editing, editing that would have to be done <laughs> after a halftime speech would would be astronomical, and there would be a whole lot of faith that they would yeah. have to have in us not putting something up that they didn't want to hear game plan-wise for opponents. They're very guarded yeah. about, yeah. you know, there have been occasions of opposing coaches listening to uh, pre-game shows for other teams trying to get insight on what game plans may be and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think while your scenario that's would be fascinating, of, I, I think bet, it's pretty far-fetched. I'm thinking that's what half of Saban's staff does is they just listen to the pre-game show. I have learned that football coaches go to, uh, not ours necessarily, but the industry goes to great lengths to try to get any edge that they possibly can. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably pretty far-fetched. That's, I mean, that's just, it's, it's kind of sad because, I mean, it, 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 I hate it for you guys because the fans will say, oh, well, these guys are just, they're just paid mouthpieces. They don't never tell you anything good. You guys want to, you guys want to do a lot of things that nobody can do. I mean, how do you know? You don't listen to our broadcast. You're just making stuff up right now. <laughs> how do you know what we do and don't do? Are you going to turn this table over? <laughs> No, I mean, I think we get, uh, you know, whether it's uh, no, but I'm just saying pregame interviews, day you know. of that nobody else gets, halftime interviews, walking off the field that nobody else gets. Yeah. We get the first crack before Bob goes, or now Lincoln, before they go to the microphone, they're coming to us. Mm-hmm. So the very first opportunity to hear what Lincoln Riley has to say after a game and a whole lot of it's his on players broadcast. is on our broadcast. And nobody, and that's good and bad. No, Nobody's trying to sugarcoat that. Yeah. So, uh yeah no I think we offer from that perspective and it's certainly not on the television broadcast I think we offer a lot of stuff that you don't get anywhere else which is why like I said more people are listening now than ever have so it's great I, I guess really what I'm what I wanted to ask but asked it poorly was we talk about you know innovating things like that I mean you see it with uh, especially in the NBA like the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. uh, but 
it's it, it gets to and I'm not you would never be a guy that's going to be like taking cheap shots at another team things like that because that's what Houston does a lot but they kind of have embraced you know the way that the fan feels sometimes you know being critical uh, more critical maybe than other people would be when things go wrong uh, you know doing things you know to kind of um, I'm trying to think of a good example like they have that thing on screen where they shoot missiles at people or rockets at people that are wearing the opposing jersey and stuff like that. Oh, what are you talking about right now? Who's shooting rockets at people? The, the Houston Rockets. Oh. Like in their... In their in-game? Yeah, in their in-game okay. stuff. Okay. But, I mean, here's here's my question. Okay. It's really... Beat around the bush and ask me the question, <laughs> Kerry. Do you think that you should be a little bit critical or, or provide a, cri- a critical analysis? Is that an innovation that... that broadcasts could make and I, I you know maybe merv loses his mind you know more than i think he does on the broadcast i as you said Merv gets upset a lot um first off it's a good question that's not my job mm-hmm. my job is the play-by-play guy yeah so my job is not necessarily to give you any opinions at all now you may be able to tell through the excitement in my voice that I'm happier that Oklahoma scored a touchdown than the opposing team scored a touchdown. But it's not my job to be critical of anybody. On Even the, the refs? Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, maybe the refs. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I certainly throw in opinions from time to time. Yeah. But the the I'm supposed to tell you who, what, when, and where, and somebody else is supposed to tell you why and how. So so the, so let me let me interrupt you unprofessionally. Basically, you feel like you provide the ebbs and the flows through the emotion of the call. If it's a fumble, yeah, you can't say why did you do that. But, but I think the number you of, need to show the fans like you're disappointed that there was a fumble. I think that the percentage of people who wish their hometown broadcast, which is what we're providing, mm-hmm. was more critical of the hometown team, is pretty small. Yeah. I think I think you're talking about a few people who are on message boards and who are on Twitter who are living it and dying it and the vast majority of people are listening to us because they know we're rooting for OU. They they don't want to hear uh the the feedback we get is Herb Street's being too hard on us tonight. I'm turning it over to Toby. Mm-hmm. Or so and so doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh I'm turning it over to our the OU radio broadcast. I think but, the I, and I'm not saying that that I feel like our broadcast is overly homerish any more than any other local broadcast is. Certainly, we're rooting for Oklahoma, and we're excited when Oklahoma scores, and we're down in the dumps when Oklahoma loses. But uh, I, I believe that I try to call it like it is. If it was a bad throw, I say that was a bad throw. Yeah. If somebody should have caught the ball, I say he dropped it. If uh, it went right through his hands or something if, like that. If somebody got burned, I'm going to tell you the name of the cornerback that got burned. So I don't think we're sugarcoating anything mm-hmm. necessarily or going out of the way to um, be overly optimistic and, and all that kind of stuff. I think it is just natural and it's what people want. And it's why it's still popular that your team's broadcast is rooting for your team. And if you want other options, they exist. When Oklahoma plays Ohio State, you can listen to the Ohio State broadcast, and they're going to be rooting for yeah. Ohio State. And you can listen to the TV broadcast, and they're hopefully going to be playing it down the middle. So you kind of got you kind of got three options. There. Yeah. Uh, 
we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to let you go. Uh, but was the Texas Tech game last year different from any other game that you remember calling? It's the worst read I've ever had on reaction because I thought that was an unbelievable football game. Mm-hmm. I'm witnessing. Were you there? Yes. Okay. I'm watching it live and the volleying back and forth and the unbelievable one-handed catches and runs and plays and was just a, I've never seen a shootout like that. Yeah. It was so exciting. And so when it was over and Oklahoma won the game, yeah. I uh, my read was, "Wow, what an unbelievable game we just witnessed." That was my read. Uh-huh. And my first inclination that I had a bad read on it was Teddy. Because when we went to post-game reaction, he was down in the dumps. He was like, you know, like they had lost. Like he, he his reaction was this was a, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but this was a terrible night for OU. Yeah. And I thought, that's an interesting take. Oklahoma just won this game. A game for the ages, Oklahoma just won. I mean, they'll yeah. be talking about this game for centuries. <laughs> and I remember we wrapped up the postgame, and uh, I, I we stayed in Lubbock that night. My boys were with me. And I hopped on Twitter after the game, or I guess it was. That's all I'm on is Twitter and Instagram. And... I saw the reaction from OU fans. I was like, I got a bad read on this one because they're ticked. O- OU's, yeah. OU fans are not happy they won this game tonight. They're ticked. Did uh, it never go through your head like during the game like this is not like, – because I remember what was going through my head was this is not what I, I came for. This is not what I signed up for to watch this type of fo- – this is not football to me. I don't remember feeling anything – and I'm, I'm admitting my own idiocy here – I don't remember feeling anything different than when I watched the OU West Virginia game in yeah. Morgantown that was 50 to 49 Tavon and Austin had the incredible finish over. and Tavon Austin was running anywhere. I mean, obviously the defense needed to be better, but OU won the game. They won an unbelievable game. And I'm not justifying, I'm just telling you how I felt. That night, uh, was that, did they not have P. Ryan that night? No, that was pre P. Ryan. No, 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 the the Texas Tech game this past year. Oh, oh, um, yeah, it was just Joe Mixon. Yeah, Mixon had to carry the load. Somebody else was hurt. And it was always going to be tough to go beat the Tech. Tech, I'm not going to be tough, but, I mean, it was Patrick Mahomes, and it was, you know, the yeah. shootout. Baker's coming home. There was some buildup for that game. And it was a shootout, and the defense wasn't very good, but they found a way to win a road game, and it was darn exciting. I mean, it was exciting. And... I just had a bad read. I mean, that's just that's that's all. I just yeah. I didn't anticipate that it would be that poorly received on television. I think on television, I was curious, was like how, how I remember after that being over. I was curious. I'm trying to think where we even stayed um, in Lubbock, but I was curious to see how ESPN was going to categorize that game, like because they could they could have gone a number of different ways. I think they could have gone the what you know what an incredible shootout. Uh, this was one of college best, you know, yeah. football. I best thought we just saw one, saw one of the greatest college football games of all time. Is what I thought we just saw. But you know, other than kind of just ignoring it, they focused on the fact that 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 Mahomes threw for what eight hundred and eleven yards or total offense or whatever he had that night. Certainly an embarrassing defensive performance. There's no doubt. But that happens sometimes because it just doesn't happen at OU. No, 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 not that. I'm saying games play on television different than when you're in the house sometimes. Uh, you know this from being in a stadium. Sometimes uh, they won't see a replay or the 
the uh, announcers on TV will call it differently or whatever, and uh, uh, a fan watching at home on television will not see a play or a drive or a key possession or a game the same way you do if you're in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not descri- certainly not describe it the same way you do if you're in the stadium, which is kind of cool. I mean, that kind of gives you different options. But um, that night, I the most off I've ever been about what a fan reaction would be to a game. And that's uh, my fault. I mean, that's just something you got to kind of learn from and and know next time you're in this situation. Wonder how I wonder how this is going home. You know, you're not a you're not a Catholic. But Can I, I give you an example of that? Yes. Yeah, sure. Before you move on, that was kind of the opposite of the OU Tennessee game in some ways, because the OU offense was terrible. Three and a half quarters. Yeah. At Tennessee. Yeah. They couldn't get a first down. Yeah. No, that's a good. Example. They were tripping all over themselves. Was Baker Mayfield about to be pulled? Yeah, Remember that? They kept yeah. showing Trevor, Trevor on, on the, the sidelines. Broadcast, yeah. Terrible. And then it ended the way it did, and it was one of the great games of all time. Kind of my feeling about Texas Tech was was similar to that. In Listen, the defense was bad tonight, but holy cow, they won this game. And I was just wrong. I was just wrong. I don't I, I But there are so many factors at play. I think, I, I think the fact that the Big 12 is so maligned for not playing defense. Yep, that's and that, a part of it. Yep. That OU was a part of this and that they they are supposed to be the ones that are the defenders of you know that perception yep, or, you're right. or railing against that perception. If that game had been Oklahoma against Tennessee and they had a shootout, it would have been a little different because it wouldn't have been so embarrassing for the Big 12. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was that was uh, my bad. You're not, a, you're not a Catholic, as far as I know, never have been. Um so I'm curious how much you looked forward to calling a game at Notre Dame. Uh, going to Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. September 9th, where does the excitement level rank of all the places that you've gone to, to call a game? Um, I think that uh, from a setting standpoint, Notre Dame is the road game I've looked the most forward to. Not from an importance of the game standpoint, mm-hmm. but just you know being in that stadium, Touchdown Jesus, the campus, Rudy, uh, the history of Notre Dame. I'm, I anticipated that the most. And I really looked forward to going to Tennessee, and I really looked forward to going to Florida State, but I think that ranks at the top. Um, but certainly am, am massively, massively looking forward to going to Ohio State because I think the importance of this football game exceeds, you know, from a ratings when where these two teams are rated, any of these other big road games we've had in recent years, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, OU Florida State was they were both really highly ranked. Mm-hmm. That would weren't they both in the top five when they played that game well, at Tallahassee? OU start number one that year. I might be right, and that's when Bob both did really the, high. That's when Bob did the Oklahoma City Caravan. It's time to win another national title. Your memory is better than mine, but I know they were both ranked really high. Tennessee, not as much. Notre Dame, not as much. Uh, what's the game I'm forgetting here? There's been another. Uh, Miami was uh, when I was on the sidelines, not as much. I feel like I'm forgetting one of these big road trips lately. But, I mean, this is going to be a, you know, assuming both teams take a, take a wins in week one, this is a top ten, maybe top five showdown on the road in one of the historic venues in college football. So uh, I'm pretty amped. I think all Sooner fans are pretty amped. You have you have one game that you've called, and after this podcast, I plan on ripping OU's every time they do something wrong. I'm gonna, 
<laughs> I'm going to rip them. See, I'm getting into list of questions, which we said was bad, no, but no, all these things keep flying into my mind. I'm curious, like, if you have, let's say, Toby Rowland's career is over uh, of your own desire, mm-hmm. and up to this point, if you have to have one game that fans sit and listen to that makes you proud to have called, what would that game be? Any sport? Um, or football? Football. I think the best broadcast that we've done is the uh, Sugar Bowl win over Alabama. Um, there's many others that I'm – there's others I'm proud of. I think the Tennessee broadcast was a good night. It mm-hmm. was fun. Why you the Sugar Bowl? What, what you have to have a night? good game to have a good broadcast. Yeah. I mean, the, the game has to have drama in it for your broadcast mm-hmm. to kind of live – um that technically it was perf- perfect. I mean, we had a great night technically, which doesn't always happen. There's a lot going on on a radio broadcast. Um I think just everybody was on point on our broadcast that night. Uh and the dramatic moments in that game um the the playback they lived up to they lived up to how dramatic they were in person. Like when I heard it back, I very rarely am pleased when I hear it back. You listen to your shows back? I'll, I'll listen to big moments. I'll listen to big moments back, or if I think something went poorly, I'll listen back and say, how could we have done that better? I listened to that whole game back. They, they replayed it several times and um, on the local affiliate, and they, they sent it out on social media. And the big moments, the scoop and the score and the, the – uh, some of the Trevor's touchdown passes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was happy and it was a big game and, and that some of those highlights live to this day and I'm okay with them. And yeah. that's not always the case. So if there was one game, I would probably right now anyway, pick that one. Do you, you, because you are calling a game like that, do you almost always remember who threw the pass, who caught the pass, who made the tackle, who made the interception? Uh, like do you remember the, you're talking about the scoop and the score, Gino Grissom. It was Gino Grissom, right? That yeah. That he scooped Eric, it and scored. Eric Stryker hit hit him. Okay. Hit AJ, and the ball bounced and Gino scooped and scored. Uh, probably uh, most of them. I mean, I, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, you you said it and you heard it. Yeah. So it tends to stick in your mind. All right. Uh, I think I've exhausted myself. I hope I hope uh, you can. Carry are you on gonna with get the rest a, of your Are you going to get to take a nap after this? I mean, no, there's no practice tonight, so yeah. it's going to take about it. It's really sad. It you know we can sit and record a podcast. It seems like it takes about four hours to get it up to where everybody can listen to it. So got some work ahead. Well, I'm honored that you asked me to be on again with you. So I'm honored Thank that you. you uh, I, I you promise. Did, next I listeners, was, next next podcast, we'll get back to recruiting. I <laughs> I was thinking, you know. I felt really bad for you this year because everybody's winning national championships, yet nobody did one in any of the sports that you call. Well, there you go. Just pouring salt in the wound again. I mean, that's... I, I'm saying I felt bad. I, I It's your due. How about felt, that? Nobody felt worse than me. Yeah. I, Chris Plank reminds me on a With daily a FOMO, basis... fear of missing out. ...of how many national championships he's got and how many I don't have. <laughs> so... Uh, and he gets rings and stuff for that? Uh, you'll have to ask him. I have to ask him. Patty's pretty generous, so I would imagine so. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
did. Uh, are you going to listen this year? Yes, I'm going to go get a you FM know, radio. Are you telling me the truth? I'm I'm going to listen, and you can quiz me. All right. Well, you know, we even broadcast on the road. Did you know that? And I know that there's a frequency in stadium that you can listen yeah, to. You yeah. just okay. I'm honored. Let me know what you think. <laughs> let, let me let me know. Critique you. Yeah, let me know what you I like. Think you and know what, what you're you, doing. No, let me know what you like and what you don't like. From a broadcast standpoint, what could be better? I, okay. you, you've got a good ear for uh, producing. So look at all the setup you got here. You know what you're doing. Um, I pretend well. Yeah. I'll just say that. All right, Toby, I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you this season. For you, I'll root a little bit in the press box deep inside that maybe you can get your national championship. <laughs> Just because we're friends. Well, thank you. But I won't cheer. I won't break any rules. It would be fun. It would be fun to call in some sport a national championship. I, it'll happen. It'll happen. That's actually... I, okay, I'm going to ask you one last thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, you grew up an OU fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Big time. Could you? Do you think you could go sit in a press box after... Like, if you just decided to give this up and you got a job, you know, for a TV station making... Five hundred thousand dollars a year or something, um, and know. you had to take it. Thank you for that salary, by the uh, way. <laughs> uh, do you think you could just sit in a press box and just watch a game? Yeah. Can you go back there? You mean you mean and not cheer? Not not yeah not cheer not call participate or or, or just, just shout out. Doug. It's hard for me to watch Tyler Murray. To it's hard for me to watch CD a Lamb. game that I'm invested in, and it's part of the reason I'm in this business. It's hard to watch a game that I'm invested in who's who I want to win. Yeah. Thunder or OU or whoever and not do something. It's hard for yeah. me just to sit and watch. So uh So when you watch I would keep notes, I would keep drive charts. If I was in that, that situation, I would do what you're probably doing. I'd probably keep drive charts and mm-hmm. something just to busy me. Yeah. But just as far as going and sitting in the stands and watching a game uh, that, that that would that would be hard. Although you know, if your kids are with you and you're busy and all that kind of stuff, I'd probably be okay. I've done it periodically over the years. It weirds me out, like sitting in the stands as uh-huh. a fan. I I just I I have I'm so uncomfortable. Like I've lost the ability to do that. You know, here's a depressing thought. Here's a depressing for OU games like Thunder yeah. games. Even like Curtis and I have gone to a Thunder game together. You know, he 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 and a buddy have season tickets, and we I'm were aware. both never asked me, but yeah. I don't. He's no, got he's them. never asked yeah. me. I'm saying, yeah. Um, but even both of us sitting there, it was kind of weird. Like you know, everyone around you was cheering and jumping up and pump fist, fist pumping, pump fisting, uh, fist pumping, uh, bay hailing, bay hailing, and it really is. It's it's been bred out of you. Like I don't cheer much when I go to games. Not OU games, other games, yeah. Thunder games, baseball games, Major League Baseball games, whatever. I'm a pretty passive observer and i think it's what you're talking about yeah. i think it's years and years of being you know taught you you don't cheer when you go to games and i'll be honest i'll, I'll admit this i i do root on the inside and it's not so much because it's ou but it's because that coach is nice to me that kid's a good quote i want to see him do well i don't want the quarterback to be pissed off after this game mm-hmm. because I want a good interview out of him. You know, I'm sure it's better for your business when Oklahoma I don't want wins. people to you know melt down on the message boards. I don't want them to come after us and threaten to cancel because oh you lost. It's better for your business if they win, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things around you that make you want the team that you're covering to win, unless you just hate the coach or you know the people 
And that's what, you know, I think that's what the Thunder kind of gets a little bit is that, you know, the, like they're so, they basically have like an area, like I think OU should have an area where just overflow media can go. Like maybe they're not, maybe they're a producer at a local radio station. They're not on air talent or something, but it's like, I wish OU kind of did that more, like spreading goodwill in the media instead of making it so difficult for people to get, you know, credentials and things like that. Is it hard still? Is it hard? I think for some people, I mean, you know, for I me, know. I, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many do you get I can't, for Shooter I can't, Scoop? We, we can get three. Okay. Uh, probably four if we needed to get two on the field, which is a long way from having to have a radio job working mm-hmm. for a jerk that, uh, you know, controlled my credential. I know right. you can't say anything. I think we talked about it last time I was Did on we? the air. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but you wish there was an overflow media so more media could get in? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it would be better for OU and just goodwill toward everyone in the media. Because, like, you don't find, you don't find like, producers that have a grudge against the Thunder. But... Because they TJ can, does, TJ does. Yeah, he hates the Thunder. Does he really? Yeah, he's a Mavericks fan. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. just a fan thing, though. Yeah, but all I'm saying is like, it's like goodwill, hospitality. Is the Thunder pretty free with their credentials? You can you can go to a game yeah. if you're sweeping the floors at a radio station. Really, you could probably go to a game. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and they just they that's kind of their their culture with the media now. They're not going to give you a one-on-one interview with Russell Westbrook, unless you're Royce Young or, right? You know, I why am I blanking on who covers them for the Oklahoman? Because uh, they keep changing. So it's not Darnell anymore. No, uh, Eric Horn and uh, Barry Trammell. Uh, not getting a one-on-one with Russ Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry. I don't think that's. I would love. I would. I would like to hear that one-on-one. That'd be good. Did you know that uh, what we did at uh, Al's roast? We had we had Al had a roast right. I heard about it, and Barry had a great uh, he had a great opening to his, and he said, "Al, I'm going to tell you how much you mean to the station and me." As I went, and I got a special message to you from Russell Westbrook, and he he takes a step back, he points to the screen, and then it just starts playing static. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, that's pretty good. So that's pretty good. All right. Well, hey, good luck this season. Thanks, man. I'm sure I will uh, see you around. All right. Keep killing it with the podcast. You guys are great. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, you keep killing it with Landers, Chevrolet, Chrysler, all Jeep, new Dodge. Landers, Chrysler yeah. Jeep Dodge <laughs> of Norman. Go buy your cars at Landers, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Toby Rowland. Thanks so much. Uh, the second annual uh, Voice of the Sooners season preview. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, back when we're with the unofficial Forty Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.